Welcome to Hymology on the Gospel Radio Network, a program sponsored by the Mars Hill Church of Christ, located at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. You may contact us by phone at 615-203-3637. If you would like more information about our congregation or this program, you may visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. We invite you to join us every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And now, here is your host, Brother Kyle Webb. Welcome once again to our program. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. We thank you for joining us today. On this episode of Hymology, we are discussing the song Alone at Eve, also titled Walking Alone at Eve, depending on which hymnal you may use. It is a song that I remember dearly from my younger years, and I'm sure maybe you do too. It is a a song that we typically use in our evening services, and it is especially popular among members of the churches of Christ. As we look at the history of the song, we see that the words were written by a Mr. Thomas R. Swetman, who was born in 1876, and he passed from this life in 1969 at the age of 93. Though we know very little about him, we do know that he was a minister and a singing school teacher, and that much of his life was devoted to God and music, respectively. He is believed to have been a student in the Eureka Normal Music School in Stigler, Oklahoma, in 1915, where he would have come to know William W. Slater, whom we will discuss in a moment. Mr. Swetman published three books of hymns and songs in 1915, Song Poems and Harmony Fittings, also in 1915, Versification and Composition, and in 1917, Song Poems Revised. William Washington Slater, who wrote the music for the song in question, was born in 1885, and he passed from this life in 1959 at the age of 74. He was a minister of the gospel in the churches of Christ and was well known as a singer and singing school teacher. He led singing for services in which many prominent evangelists in the churches of Christ were preaching, such as Thomas B. Warren and Leroy Brownlow. As well as Mr. Swetman, he was also a student in the Eureka Normal Music School in Stigler, Oklahoma, and it is believed that the two met there. He published several hymnals, 
the most popular being Gospel Songs and Hymns of 1944. And as the story goes, we know that somewhere along the lines, Mr. Swetman shared these words, the lyrics of the song with Mr. Slater, who wrote the music and brought the two together to the song that we know today as Alone at Eve. Alone at Eve was first published in 1917 by William W. Slater. And much of the information that I have shared with you comes from Hymns and History by Forrest M. McCann, published by Abilene Christian University Press in Abilene, Texas in 1997. And this also comes from Our Garden of Song, edited by Gene C. Finley and published by Howard Publishing Company in West Monroe, Louisiana in 1980. But as we turn our attention to the song itself, as we look at the words of Alone at Eve, I am reminded of Psalm 141, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 141 is a psalm of David, and here he expresses these words, Lord, I cry out to you, make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And while the song may not be directly related to this passage, we certainly are reminded of meditations of others in the evening, the evening of the day, the close of the day. And certainly that is the thought behind the song. The verses in the song written by Thomas R. Swetman at approximately the age of 40 or somewhere close to that express a desire to be near to God as the evening falls. Beginning with the words of verse 1, Walking alone at eve and viewing the skies afar, bidding the darkness come to welcome each silver star, I have a great delight in the wonderful scenes above. God in his power and might is showing his truth and love. Sitting alone at eve and dreaming the hours away, watching the shadows falling now at the close of day, God in his mercy comes with his word he is drawing near, spreading his love and truth around me and everywhere. Closing my eyes at eve, and thinking of heaven's grace, longing to see my Lord, yes, meeting him face to face, trusting him as my all, wheresoever my footsteps roam, pleading with him to guide me on to the Spirit's home.
as we survey these stanzas, these verses, we see that it is directly related to evening activities, such as walking and sitting, typically done alone at eve, and closing my eyes as we think of, of someone who is preparing for sleep. As we look at the words, we might ask a question as far as the nature of the song is concerned. Is this speaking of physical, daily evening, something that we experience each evening at the end of day? Or does it maybe have a deeper meaning, maybe a more spiritual meaning, maybe speaking more so of the end of life? Well, let's ponder those thoughts. Have you ever closed your day by surveying the way you have lived your day? Have you ever thought about the, the things that you have done? Maybe the mistakes that you have made, things that, that you wish you could have done better. Maybe it is that as you survey the, the day that you have lived, maybe you find yourself very close to God. In the words of an unrelated song written by one Martin L. Hofford, Abide with me, tis even tide. Thy walk today with me has made my heart within me burn as I communed with thee. Thy earnest words have filled my soul and kept me near thy side. O Savior, stay this night with me. Behold, tis even tide. This is the, the second stanza of that song, and it's one that we sing very rarely, at least uh, from my experience, because we usually use it as a closing song, and we typically only use one verse, or maybe ver the first and, and the last. But I love the thought that is expressed in this song, and it's something that that I have remembered for, for quite some time. It's one that, that stands out in my mind. As one, as the, the writer of that song is referring to the eventide, he is surveying his walk with God in the day as one that has drawn him closer to God. And I do think that that is the idea that Mr. Swetman had when he wrote the lyrics of Alone at Eve. Imagine closing a day spent in God's continued service, a day that was lived faithfully. And imagine the desire of an individual having lived such a day, desiring to be nearer to God. Look at some of the, the lines of this song. God in his mercy comes with his word. He is drawing near. 
longing to see my Lord, yes, meeting him face to face. Trusting him as my all, wheresoever my footsteps roam. Pleading with him to guide me on to the Spirit's home. And as we look at the word spirit, it's not speaking of uh, the the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit necessarily, but more so the dwelling place of our spirit at the end of this life. There is a longing for home, a spiritual home, one that is provided by God. This song certainly makes a case for an individual closing his day and meditating on God and the joys of heaven. And there really is no better way to close the day than by meditating on the things of God. But have you spent time by the bedside of an individual preparing to pass into eternity? Individuals who know their home and reward is not to be found on earth. I remember when my grandfather passed away and uh, he was very close to me. We, we had a very close relationship and one of the, the great uh, things that we shared was our love for singing and our love for music and leading singing and, and things of that nature. He is the one that encouraged me to begin leading singing, even at a very young age, as I have discussed previously on this program. I also remember um, the the death of of a couple of, of friends, those who I knew from our Friday night singings in the Middle Tennessee area. And these individuals were close to God. And I remember... Um, you know, they, they had illnesses that, that led them to uh, pending death. And so we knew that their time was near. We didn't know when they would pass, but we knew that their time on earth was drawing to a close. And, and I remember finding great comfort in knowing that these individuals were members of the Lord's church. That they had devoted themselves to serving God in life. And I knew the reward that would await them as they had lived faithfully. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 17. Paul writes, Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Verse 20 For our citizenship is in heaven, 
from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. I believe chapter 4 and verse 1 connects also very well here. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Paul uses these words as an encouragement for faithful living. And so we find and, and are reminded that our citizenship is not on earth. While we may be citizens of the United States or or maybe you are a citizen of another respective country. Our citizenship does not belong here. We have something much greater that is awaiting us at the end of this life. And now let's go back and look at the, the final words of the song that we are studying Closing my eyes at eve and thinking of heaven's grace, longing to see my Lord, yes, meeting him face to face, trusting him as my all, wheresoever my footsteps roam, pleading with him to guide me onto the Spirit's home. Then we come to the refrain or the chorus. Oh, for a home with God place in his courts to rest, sure in a safe abode with Jesus and the blessed, rest for a weary soul once redeemed by the Savior's love, where I'll be pure and whole and live with my God above. We all will one day Close our eyes for the final time. As we look at this song, again, could this be an end of life meditation upon our final abode with Christ in the rest that is promised us in eternity? Maybe it is not the intent of the song. But I do think that there is something to be said about maybe using this to prepare our minds for the end. Either way, we find great meaning in the song and the words and the meditation upon the thought that is expressed. Oh, for a home with God. The desire of the song should be a desire that we share. Oh, for a home with God, a place in his courts to rest. Sure, in a safe abode with Jesus and the blessed. Our certainty about life on earth 
is much diminished as we look at what could happen, what might happen, and as we dwell upon those thoughts. But we have surety of safety, abiding with Jesus in eternity. Uh, again, the, the rest that is promised us. Rest for a weary soul once redeemed by the Savior's love. Do you ever feel, feel weary in this life? And not just weary in a, a physical sense, but, but also in a spiritual sense. I think we all at times feel tired. In that regard. Rest for a weary soul. Once redeemed by the Savior's love. Where I'll be pure and whole. And live with my God. Above. Heaven is a grand and glorious. A beautiful place. That is promised to us. Heaven is promised to the faithful in this life. In John 14, beginning with verse 1, Jesus, as he is preparing his disciples for his physical departure from them, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. These words are very comforting. And uh, of course, they were intended to be a comfort to his disciples and even a comfort for us today. But we are also reminded that as Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you, so you must also prepare yourself for this great blessing through obedience and living faithfully always for him. How do we do that? How do we prepare ourselves for heaven. We begin in obedience to the gospel. The gospel having been preached to us. Uh, us understanding it. We also are to obey. Believing and confessing faith in Christ. First of all. As we see the unit. And. Acts chapter 8 and, and verse 37, expressing his faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Also in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, we have this idea expressed. Specifically in verse 9 of Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We have a promise of salvation, and it begins 
with faith and obedience. We are also led not just to confess our faith in Christ, but also uh, in acts of obedience as well, such as repentance and being baptized for the remission of sins. Remember the Jews on the day of Pentecost, Peter told them what was necessary for their salvation. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And we are also reminded by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21 in reference to Noah and his family and how they were saved by water. He says in verse 21, there is also an antitype, a like figure which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, it is putting our faith into action that actually brings us into salvation. It brings us into Christ and to be covered by the blood that he shed for us. But again, we are also reminded to live faithfully for him. We continue living a faithful life. As the church of Smyrna, the persecuted church, was encouraged in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. As we think of the end of the day and maybe we think at the end of life whether or not we have lived faithfully we understand the promises that are given by Christ in his word and we strive in every way possible to live according to his will I hope this lesson has been helpful to you and I thank you for joining me today. And I invite you to join me again for another episode of Hymology next Tuesday at 11 a.m. And until we meet again, may God bless you. Open the